Evening all, how are we? Wednesday night, another Discord family law questions live on the TikTok as ever. Um, recording it for the podcast so that everyone can have it, or those that miss it um, when we go out live can actually listen to it again. Um, and of course on the Discord. So you can come and join me. For those of you on the TikTok, and I know I say this every evening, but for those of you that um, want to ask me a question and haven't quite worked out yet how we do this, you just download the Discord app um, and you create yourself, a, create yourself a little profile and then you click on the link in my bio and you, hi, Leash Paula, and you um, come over and ask a question. So it, that's how it works. Right, well, I'm going to jump straight in because we've already got a couple of hands up um, in the lounge. So, Emmy Wilson, whenever you're ready, ask me a question. Hi, good evening, Tracy. Hello, you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm really good. Good, Sorry, good. I was looking for you every day with different questions. That's all right, um, I don't mind. I mean, I've got my case coming up in November. Um, funny enough, because this time around, I'm representing myself because I haven't found my, my barrister. He's, he's not available, so I'm just going myself. Yeah. So for some reason, I just thought I'd just give the call, call to court just to find out if it's the same judge because from the last hearings, it was the same judge who wanted to preside over all future hearings. Yeah. But this time around, it's not a district judge. It's gone to a HHJ. Um, someone else said to me, it's a, the higher the judge, the better. But the thing is, my current judge, she actually knows the whole case. And I, I don't want it to feel as if it's being rushed because it's a child matter. Um, and I want it to be taken seriously. So I'm not sure. Should I request for it to be um, go back to that judge and have to wait until probably March or April? Or should I just stick with the HHJ? Um, it's a matter for you, really. I mean, it's a pity if, if you have had some consistency with a judge that it wasn't mm -hmm. reserved to that judge. And, and that's the mm -hmm. thing to do. Um, if you can ask that the matter be, you know, and I say this for everyone else that's listening, if you can ask that the matter be reserved to a particular judge, then it will only mm -hmm. go in that judge's listing. Um, I think it depends how important you feel continuity of judiciary is. You know, so if that's more important than um, because of the complexities of your case, for example, um, mm -hmm. than, than moving it forward, then yes, ask that it be reserved to the judge. The, the only difficulty you'll have is now that you're out of the courtroom, there's no guarantee mm -hmm. that it will be reserved to that judge. Um, yeah. So you might actually make the application or, you know, write in. It doesn't have to be an application. Um, and, mm -hmm. and they say to you, unfortunately, we can't reserve it to that judge. Or they might say, yes, absolutely. And we'll see you in eight months time. So yeah. it, it, it depends, really. It's a, diff it's a tricky one to try and help you with because I don't know how many hearings you've had with that judge. I don't know the complexities of your case. Because sometimes I will say to a client, absolutely, continuity of judiciary is, is really important in your case. Yeah. That's, so, that's, what, I, that's what I thought as well. That's, yeah. That's the same thing that I, I get. And it is better because, of course, that judge understands the case and it took two days to actually really listen to it and understand it to come with a conclusion whereas other judges yeah. maybe after an hour yes. they say they read it but they skim through it they... it's only on the top part of my position report they start stating yeah. they have a brief understanding of the yeah. background you're at your you're into it to really understand but then yeah do i really want to wait another eight months because then my child will be suffering for another six seven eight months yeah until april or may um, and, and, and as you say, I mean, the, and this is the thing that the, the 
the reality is that they don't they don't have enough time to read all the papers. Yeah. They they just don't, you know, that they are really backed up. So you're absolutely right. Um, you know, is is has it been before the court for a long time? Um, well, it started in twenty twenty. The final hearing was in twenty one. Yeah. Went back then there earlier on. But the, the, the judge in question that was on the final hearing yeah. went back in April this year with the same judge. So when I wrote to the courts again, they put it in that particular judge's attention. But I don't know what happened if there was a mishap or something where is it... they've gone and put it to a higher judge. I mean, someone said a higher yeah. judge is better, but again, I don't know. So that, Well, they're, they're more experienced at dealing with complex cases. Um, maybe, maybe leave it. I mean, if 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 you're if you're not of the view that it's going to settle at the next hearing, then you could mm -hmm. always let the next hearing play out and then ask mm -hmm. for it to be reserved to the previous judge. Okay. Maybe that's okay. something to think about. Yeah. All right. Maybe. Okay. All right. All right. No problem. Bye. bye you bye. too. Bye bye. Um, right, so let's take some um, TikTok questions. I had a question there that I saw. No, I don't know anything about property. Um, there's another question there. Somebody was complaining about their landlord. He's not fixing the electrics. Again, totally out of my area. So apologies for that. Um, what? Yes, I only do family law. Don't do anything other than family law. Um, I do get asked sometimes a lot of wills questions and I do get asked a lot of probate questions. Um, but yeah, I tell you what I'm going to do as well. Actually, Paddy's asked me to do that. We get a lot of questions for the socials. So let me just um, go to one of these. So Debbie's asked today, um, before I married, I outright owned my own home. I then married, I sold and I bought a new home. He didn't work in total for over half of our relationship. We've been married for 12 years and he's only worked about seven years within the marriage. Never puts money into the house and effectively Debbie pays for everything. He's now demanding half the house as he wants a divorce. He threatens me regularly. At times I'm afraid to be at home. No mortgage. I'm only on the deeds. Where do I stand? Because you're married, Debbie, even though the house is in your name, um, it is a marital asset, okay? Now, because it um, was a pre-marital asset, depending on the value of it, you may be able to ring-fence some of that, okay? But you've got your starting point is that it is a matrimonial asset and therefore he will be entitled to some of it. Now, the thing that we have to um, remember is that when we are dividing equity, we are looking at who needs what, all right? So it's not that he may be entitled to all of it, but we are looking at who needs what. Um, Lisa, you are next on my list. What's your question? Hiya. Hello. Hello. Um, I'll try and keep it short. I've spoken to you before. Okay. So basically, um, I've got a child arrangements order in place, yep. but Dad completely refuses to communicate with me by text regarding pick-up, drop-offs, um, a couple of weekends, I mean, it's her 13th birthday next Wednesday, and she texted me while she was at his saying, oh, um, what, you know, Dad wants to know what you've got me, because um, she does horse riding, so I said, oh, he wants to know, get me some horse riding stuff, so he's going to have to hold off, because I might have got you some, so I've therefore had to reveal sort of some of her presents to her, um, 
Oh yeah, he put. He's also said in our presence that weekend. Tell your mum not to message me because I don't read them anyway. It turns out he's got me on mute on WhatsApp. Um, any messages that I sent in July only got read in September this year. Yeah, um, I did go back to mediation to just mediate and say, look, you know, she's nearly thirteen years old. She shouldn't be the go between between me and you. Yeah, like you know, he could have just messaged me and said, thinking of getting, you know, da 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 some stuff for her birthday. Can you let me know what you've got so we don't double up on presents? But he point blank refuses. So I went back to mediation. Um, they emailed me on the 22nd of September to say that um, basically he's refused, he's not willing to go. Obviously, they've sent me the form for call. Yeah. Um, so what's the likelihood that if it goes to court, they're going to say, well, no, in actual fact, you know, you need to communicate with this woman. Like, you can't care. Because if, if she, he, she tells me saying, oh, I disagree with, it's then down to her to go back and tell him, and I think it's totally inappropriate. Yeah, absolutely is. The difficulty that you've got is that the court's only really interested in the welfare of the child. And of course, it's got to... Go on. I was just going to say, to me, when she's older, it's, you know, it could be quite damaging that in her younger days, you know, she had to be the, the you know, mediator between mum and dad and she heard nasty things said from dad about mum while she was there. And yeah. Like, so to me, mentally, it's damaging as she grows older. It is, but it's more bad co-parenting. So, so that you know, half, yeah. absolutely, yeah, absolutely, and and this is the difficulty that the court will have because no order, no no amount of child arrangement orders are going to change that. Do you know, like change him? I mean, Ch- change his oh, ability yeah. to co-parent. So the the all you can do, Lisa, if it, if the matter does go back before the court, is because you know of his inability to communicate with you, etc., is to try to get a really detailed order. So in this instance, this is what's going to happen. And in this instance, this is what's going to happen. That's the best you can do so that you try to eliminate any opportunity or limit the opportunities that he has to jeopardise things like the presence, for example. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Now, you can have a direction in the order that he um, communicate through a communicate a communications book or a parenting app. Doesn't mean so he's going to... He did have a parenting app after the court order, but he was still refusing to yeah. acknowledge anything. Or he was he was kind of sarcastically replying in, in a way that made me look bad, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then, you know, if it ends up back in court... I can show him this. Like when we went to court, I had a solicitor and he said he's a very forceful character, he's very coercive control. Yeah. Um, and but this might ring bells for you. So you've answered that bit. The next bit is I spoke to you a while ago about my daughter using my surname as her preferred surname in high school. Yeah. I don't know if that rings bells. Um so yeah, basically dad found out and ordered her to, to change it back and um she came out of yes. school yesterday in absolute tears because her surname has come up on the board and there's some people being you know some name calling and that because of it um because it is a surname that you could sort of mix around and do, do right stuff yeah like yeah that. yeah yeah so she's come out and tears. she's like i why can't i just use your name like dad's out of order duh, 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 duh. but obviously with her nearly being 13 would you know would she have that say like i said any certificates or gcse she's got will be her her surname her birth surname and the school's well aware of her birth surname yeah it was just her preferred surname that she would like to use but yeah because of the court order and it states in there not to be known by any other name i weren't sure if that meant legally she like i can't go and change it by default which of course i never would but this is clearly upsetting my daughter yeah, and I think at 13, she has a right to, to choose herself. I mean, at 16, she's not going to need either one of your of you or his permission. But she, you know, she, she should be listened to at that age. 
Um, this you know, is the problem, but I've had it out with the school, and the school said, "Oh, you know, um, they're actually going to call me back tomorrow regarding it because yeah. they're unsure where they stand, whether yeah. or not legally they can allow her yeah. and be like, you know, she's thirteen, she can use her voice, and if that's that's her preferred surname, then I'm sorry, you know, Mister Da Da Da, but yeah. we will have to take her her consideration, you know, uh, what she what she wants. I'm I'm pretty sure that the that the school would be able to go by her preferred surname so long as they get the consent of one parent. If dad then finds out and objects to that, it may be that the school say, well look, that's what the child wants. We're not changing it legally. That's just her preferred name. And if you have an objection to that, then you can go and get a court order. Because we only have to get court orders or parental um permission if if we're doing something legally but yeah, you know this is the problem. And yeah I, I had this conversation with you last time but i yeah. sort of went back to the school and they had a few you know spoke to a few people higher up in the board yeah and and kind of felt like they was pushed into doing what dad wanted but it still never sat right with a couple of the teachers and me all um, you all you can actually... do lisa is just keep pushing honestly because I, I i do think that your daughter should be you know allowed to go by her preferred name there and if dad doesn't like it um, Dad would have to get a specific issues order that says the child isn't allowed to go by the preferred name. Yeah, what worries me is that they're going to call Dad, he's going to say no, and then they're, they're then going to get worried that if they allow her to, they're doing something wrong and it could come down on them like a ton of bricks. I, I don't yeah, but, know where I can get in writing that they will be okay to do it. But it's not your job to get it in writing, so you would just have to push on with the school. It's for the school to research it, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is what they done last time, and this is what they—they they were kind of in the middle, and I don't real, really feel like they got real answers. But they, um, yeah, but I think it's just a case of someone needs to find out because they will have lawyers. I mean, the Board of Education has lawyers that work specifically for them. You know, this isn't the yeah. first time this has come up. I'm sure. So there'll be meetings, monthly meetings that the headmaster goes to or whatever. They just—you just need to keep pushing on that one, Lisa. So when they call me back tomorrow, I'll just simply say, look, she's 13, she's yep. entitled to have her own voice. And if she wants to be yeah. known by that, then give her and my parental consent. Yeah. And, and we've both got parental consent, but like yeah. I said, as long as one of them gives it. And I think more importantly, it's impacting on her. You know, it it's is, affecting yeah. her confidence. Mom, it's affect. Yeah, she's got, you know, yeah. So I, I would really push that point as well. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right, perfect. Fab. Thank you so All much right. for your help. Thanks, Lisa. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh, Becca, you are next up on the list. What's your question? Hello, can you hear me? I can't can. really hear you. Yeah, I can, Becca. Yeah, what's your question? You can. Um, so basically, um, my little boy's dad, um, he isn't on his birth certificate. I'll just put that bit out there first. Um, he's always been very hit and miss with um, arrangements, contact, anything like that. It never lasts for more than sort of a couple of months at a time. Um, yeah. My little boy's now five and a half. Um in at the end of july he went to meet his new girlfriend which is fine um with his mum and um, his mum has scared my little boy by warning him that he is not to tell me where he has been yeah um so i personally don't want his mum near my little boy at the moment until well, we haven't had a conversation about it um she is refusing to have a conversation so is he um i've offered him to have him on his own or to come to my house and see him um I've offered him you know a lot of opportunities to do so um he is literally refusing to see him without his mum um and yeah so he will send very toxic text messages uh, to try and make it look like I'm the one that's not letting him go obviously I do have 
these messages where I have turned up um, to see, you know, so he can see his dad or offered him to come round and stuff. Where do I sort of stand on this? Because obviously mentally he is getting in my head and making me think that I'm the problem, but um, she has literally terrified my little boy. I don't, obviously, I don't know the ins and outs of how it was said to him. He has obviously just said to me that he's been told he's not to tell me um, and he was very, very scared when he got back and he's... He's a very happy-go-looking little boy. It was completely out of character for him, and I just felt that was, that has crossed the line a little bit. Yeah, I mean, look, Becca. At the end of the day, there's a welfare concern, isn't that? You know, if the child is scared then that's a major welfare concern. So I think that's where you have to exercise your parental responsibility and say to dad, look, it's not up for debate. You know, more than happy for the child to have contact with you and a relationship with you. But unfortunately, you know, he can't be around your mum for whatever reason. You know, I'm happy to work with you to get to the bottom of it. But in the interim, I don't want him with your mum. And if he says, well, I'm not agreeable to that, well, you know, I'm going to say next, it's going to be a court application then because the welfare of the child always comes first real thank you all um, right so am i best just to obviously these messages have been going back and forward since sort of the end of july am i best to obviously i have told him the situation he knows the situation and he is playing a massive game do i ignore messages sent to me yeah i um, think which, i think text mess yeah te text text messages aren't aren't the best way forward you know if you've had a conversation with him whether that be face to face or on the telephone that's all that's needed really you know texts i think the tone gets missed the wording might not be appropriate and in many ways texts and emails they can make the situation worse so I would stick to verbal conversations because that, to me, is appropriate co-parenting. You know, make yourself clear. Let him understand your position. And from there, the ball's quite firmly in his court. Yeah, no, that's right. I haven't obviously seen him in person since the end of July. He literally has refused anything. Um, he does send quite manipulative text messages, though, obviously trying to make it sound like I keep my little boy from him which is very much not the case yeah. um i just don't feel like she is the safe environment for him i'm happy to have a conversation with her about that in case he has got it wrong although judging by how he came home that day i don't think he has got it wrong but she's literally refusing to have a conversation about it as is he um and that that's and that's then, that's where it breaks sorry. down no i'm just saying that's where it breaks down you know if, if she doesn't ref if she's refusing to have a conversation then that's fine that's absolutely fine. But you are left with a scared little boy. And it's unfortunate that he or her won't speak to you about it. But, you know, I think I think the writing's on the wall there, Becca. Brilliant. Thank you. All right. You stand your ground. Thanks. Thanks very much. Bye. Thank you. Um, quick question on TikTok. Someone said they've been divorced for seven years. Is it too late to get a financial order? Never too late to get a financial order. Remember what I tell you guys, if you don't have that financial order, it means you haven't severed financial ties. You know, I've known a case, it's a famous case where um, she went back 18 years after the decree absolute, 18 years, and she walked away with 1.8 million, okay? Never too late. Um, right, Polly, you're up next. What's your question? Hi, um, my husband has a business and he's refused to get a business valuation for the last three months and refused to talk to me. Um, he's now talking to me and he's decided that he's going to close the business. 
Okay. He said that I can get half of whatever's left of his share. Um, I'm just worried that he'll give himself large dividends, large redundancy packages. Um, I'm not too sure what my next step is. How how do I make sure that it, obviously I get the correct amount? Well, you've got to get disclosure. And what you're telling yeah. me is that you're worried he's going to dissipate assets. If that's a real threat, Polly, then you've got to take the matter to court. Because once the matter's okay. before the court, you can then get injunctions that will stop him from disposing of assets, like freezing orders, etc. Um, so right, if it's okay. if it's a genuine concern, it's an absolute pain in the backside. But you're going to have to go to court, um, start the process, which you know, if he doesn't end up disposing of assets, might be a complete waste of time. But if you genuinely think that's what he's going to do, or he's dragging his feet, or what have you then, yeah, court application, and then you're going to be asking for freezing orders. Right. I'm just a bit worried that he'll sort of start playing, not playing dirty if I go along that. I mean, I'm, I'm in this sort of the case, do I just trust him and... You know, you know, you know what, what I, I, I end up with. Yeah, you know what I always think when when people are contemplating um, legal action. Obviously, I always say take advice. You know, as to the merits yeah. of your case. But the other thing I will say is, you know him better than anybody else, having been married to him. So yeah. trust that gut okay trust that if that if there's a little voice that's telling you, you know, hang on a minute, I don't think we can trust him. Listen to that. Okay. That's what I would say. Yeah. All right. That's lovely. Okay. Oh, thank you very much. For You're that. welcome. Thanks, Polly. Bye. Thank you. Bye. We forget that sometimes, you know, uh, you know, our instincts. There's a lot to be said from allowing ourselves to listen to our instincts, especially when a relationship breaks down. And generally, they won't let us down. Um, quick question from Debski on TikTok. Um, Debski, you said you wanted some advice on a clean break. Um, clean break is simply that. So it will sever all financial ties and it's appropriate where neither of you have any shared assets, any assets that the other may, may be entitled to. There are no pensions to be divided, anything like that. OK, so it's just a clean break. Um, that's all that is. And and sometimes it is appropriate for, for couples and other times it isn't, depending on what's within the marriage. Um, AKP, you are next on my list. What's your question? All right, thanks for taking um, taking time out to answer the, um, um, these questions. Oh, that's okay. Um, m m my question is basically, I've applied for a C100 and I want to know, I've got a court date for next year. Um, w what are the next sort of steps, really? I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a child arrangements order. Yeah. So I was wondering well, what I need to, do when I turn up to court, do I... Yeah, no, not for the first appointment. The process will be that you're, you've obviously made your application. The court will now ask Kafkas to do some safeguarding checks. So they'll run your name and the mother's name through the police computer, social services computer, essentially, and see what that generates. In other words, are there any safeguarding concerns that the court need to be aware of? And then at the first appointment, the court's just trying to gauge, really, what the issues are. So you're going to say, well, I want contact to take place here, here and here, you know, on these days, overnights, whatever it might be, on a, a regular mm. pattern of, of contact. And then the court will ask mum why she objects to that. And clearly she objects to it because you've had to make your application. 
And from mm. there, then the court will decide what directions it needs to make in order to help it make a decision. And the most common direction is that CAFCAS will be appointed, depending on the age of the children and, and what the, the objections are from mum. CAFCAS will be asked to maybe step in so that they can be that independent third voice that can then report back to the court. So the, the first appointment... You won't get an order, a contact order at the first appointment, unless mum is in agreement. And generally right. what, what I try to do for clients is if mum is objecting to direct contact, then at least try to get some telephone contact, depending on how, you know, how old the child is. Yeah, if you I can't... Will contact through um, a contact centre. She's agreed to that, so I'm just going through a contact centre at the moment until this okay. goes to court like, once a month. Okay, okay. Well, that, at least that's something. Um, yeah. But maybe have some additional phone contact on top of that, FaceTime contact, yeah. anything at all, because you're just looking to increase the contact um, until such times as we can get it outside of the contact centre. And that's another thing. Sometimes contact centres will offer community supervised contact. So it's where rather than having to sit in the centre, you can actually go to the park, but somebody from the centre will come with you. So it's still supervised, but it's within the community. So before you go to um, court, let's see if any of your local contact centres offer that community um, uh, um, uh, availability. I forgot my words. All right. No Thank worries. You. Thank you. Bye bye. I forgot what I was saying then. I went. I went blank. Sorry, guys. Um, Daniel, you are next on my list. What's your question? Hi. Uh, um, Hello. I've um, I, 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 uh, uh, applied for a, a child arrangement order back in two thousand nineteen. Yeah. And um, this was all finalised in two thousand and twenty-one. Yeah. Um, so since then. Um, uh, mother has managed to, to create a safeguarding concern which social services were involved and they stopped contact for about a month, a month and a half. Uh, they investigated, they couldn't see, no, they didn't find no safeguarding concern and allowed contact to um, continue. But mother refused saying that now, saying the kids, they don't want to speak to him, they don't want to see him. I've, um, I've taken the case uh, back to the court um, yeah. um, as a reinforcement order. Yeah. I've had the first hearing, which they didn't really give me anything. You know, like on the reinforcement hearing, they just told mum that she needs to encourage the boys and all that, but that she hasn't done it. Um, so I've got, I've got, um, we've got Kafkas now with a, 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 another Section 7 report, um, and we've got a hearing for November, sometimes in November. Um, my... Uh, 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 question would be because I haven't got services, so I've done all the preparations, I've done all the preparation myself. Like, I, I will have a barrister for the um hearing date, but um, no um solicitor. So, okay, what you know, like, what are my chances on this now? Because, like, the kids they don't want to speak to me, according to mum. How old are the children? Seven, so they're twins, both seven, both seven. Twins, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and what reason has mum given for them not wanting to talk to you? They, they, no reason. They just, the mum just saying, um, kids don't want to speak to their daddy because it, obviously they, you know, like, um, uh, according to mum, they, they went through some disturbing stuff with me, but social services, they, they found nothing because there was nothing that they was just created. You know, so, um, so the first emotional abuse, yeah, that mum has given to the boys, yeah. The first thing I would say, Daniel, is that you know, the court took time out and it spent two years on your case. 
And it came to the conclusion that the children would be safe having a relationship with you. Okay, so that's the first thing I would say. Mom has then, without explanation, taken it on herself to say, actually, no. Um, And that flies in the face of all the time and the money spent dealing with your case. So, A, the court's going to take it very seriously. And B, if mum cannot provide a good enough explanation as to why the order that the court took two years to decide should now be binned, then they will investigate it again. That in, in other words, they will get CAFCAS to go out again or social services to go out again. And what you need to be asking for next time, because you'll probably get your order reinstated unless something awful's happened, um, you want to be saying to the court, look, I want a penal notice attached so that if mum doesn't comply with the next order, then obviously there's going to be consequences for her actions. Yeah. All right. Sorry, social services, they have uh, investigated. Yeah. And the, the electors have gotten concerned. They, they have found nothing. So, so like the, the, the finger is being pointed at the mother by the social services and Kafkas. But, but at the moment and for the last few months, I haven't seen my boy. So, look, you know, uh, um, it, 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 it's working her way at the moment. It is. But I think when you get back to court and the court become aware of this, things, the chances are, are going to take a bit of a change because the court will reorder contact and there'll be a penal notice attached. Now, ultimately, if mum keeps breaching the orders there is always the option to get a change of residence because then we have a case of what we call parental alienation. So I think... That's what I'm fighting for now. Yeah, we'll we'll keep keep going, keep going with it, get some more support, but the important thing is that penal notice, all right? Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome, Daniel. Okay. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. JH18, you are next up. What's your question? Hello, sorry. Um, so my question is um, a bit of a backstory. Um, we went to court last month, and uh, it's a family family court, um, because the father of my um, 15-month-old, um, it came to a point of him needing supervised contact. Um, yeah. I was usually the one supervising at my, my own home um, because he wasn't able to take care of himself. Um I then found out that he was actually emotionally, psychologically abusing her. Um, so of course I said, you know, you need you need supervised contact in a in a centre somewhere appropriate. Um, he didn't then see her for a few months and then applied um, for an emergency court hearing um, by saying that I'd abducted the child, taken her away. Um, we've been to court now and they are going to do a um, Section 7 um, report. Is yeah. there any way that I can get this recording of him emotionally abusing her in? You you can, if you've got permission to file a statement, you can send it in as an exhibit to that statement, yes. Okay, I, I haven't actually been given an opportunity to give a statement yet at okay. all. Okay, but you will, you, you will be okay. given, yeah. Um, and I think the other thing to, to do is obviously to let CAFCAS know. Yeah, so they're, they're aware. Okay. Um, you know, when I, when I last spoke to them... Um, they they could see that I had quite serious safeguarding issues um, yeah. because I, I, I've got other issues as well. There's she, at the time, there was a possible anaphylactic 
um, allergy that she had. Um, and he was purposely trying to give her products that contained that. Um, so of course I'm, I'm seriously concerned. Um, I don't know how seriously Kafkas are going to take that. They're going to take that. Re- they're going to take that really seriously. Like okay. really seriously, um, okay. because that that could potentially be Dad's way of dismissing um, yeah. any health concerns that she has, because he just simply yeah. doesn't believe that she has them. So oh, well, ap- this is yeah, exactly. Yeah. She was she was hospitalised when she was seven weeks old due to this, um, and I was having and hiring for a little while just to call an ambulance, and he kept telling me not to because it, it, well, he didn't want me to keep her in the first place. Yeah. Um, and obviously I said I just couldn't do that. So um when when she was seven weeks old, his words were, Well, if anything happens to her, it's not me that's done it, you know, I've not done it. So we just let nature take its course. So obviously I have serious safeguarding concerns about sending her that he's going to do something horrific or just not take care of her correctly. It's interesting. Um, there's there's a comment on TikTok, um, and and I th- I'm sure it's going through all of our minds. But this person has just um, Han Bennett has just, has actually just said it. Why are you letting him have contact at all? He's not. He's oh, not he's not now. He's February. not. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. No, he's not. I think it it was February. yeah. It was something um, we were all thinking. Um, and and yeah, and you know, don't get me wrong. Ad, ad, admire you for 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 from for promoting a relationship with the father. Um, yeah. but no, I think I think you've got some serious some serious issues there. And and I think Kath, I do. Kath, and the problem is when sort of a lot of this arose, he then started making false allegations to social services about me. Right. Look, um, I sh- I shouldn't I shouldn't worry I shouldn't worry about that. Away. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about that at all. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Great. So well, anything that I kind of need to know before the Kafkas um, Section Seven report? No. Like, that I need to. No, you just be completely honest with them. Let them okay. know of your concerns and what you would consider to be suitable. Yeah. Um, okay. And, yeah. And the other concern I've got is if they give him contact um, unsupervised, he has made threats about kidnapping her. Can I ask for a res- residential order? Well, what, um, yeah, what you would ask for is a prohibited steps order um, okay. that he can't remove the child from your care unless ordered by the court or unless agreed by you. And, of course, yeah. the, the actual child arrangements order will then give him the contact. I suspect yeah. he won't be given any unsupervised contact for a little while. Okay, because my concern is obviously if he does get contact, um, he's he's said numerous times that he won't be bringing her back. And I know from previous cases and things that I've I've read about that the police will not get involved in that, and it will be a case of me having to apply for an emergency hearing. Yeah, to... they, they 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 no, they won't get involved in that because it's it's no, a fam- it's a family so matter. How do I so... stop that from happening? The 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 PSO. I mean, you know, if you've got the right. prohibited steps order and he doesn't return her then you just make an emergency application back to the court again. I mean, that's it then. You know, he's burnt all his bridges. That would okay. be it done. So it won't be a case of that will keep happening? No, God, no. No, 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 okay. no, no. Okay. No, no. Right. thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Take care, bye. Um, Amy Hibbins, you are next on my list. What's your question? Yeah, hi there. It's, it's actually her partner. Oh, Hello. Um, yeah, hi, I've given the phones, so sorry about that. <laughs> That's um, right. I'm, I'm unsure if you'd be able to help me. It's a, it's a question around a, a deed of trust document. So yeah. 
me and my partner Amy are recently engaged. We're planning on getting married next year, October. Yeah. And um, her parents have asked me to sign a deed of trust document, basically relinquishing any claim or stake over this house we've recently moved into, which was purchased by an inheritance trust. Yes. Left for Amy. Yes. Um, and my question basically is, is I'm being told this changes underneath sort of marital law once we're finally husband and wife. Um, is that the case or would that document sort of override anything like that? So the document's not legally binding is the first thing that I would say. However, if you've both um, entered into it and taken independent legal advice and it is fair and reasonable, then the court will be guided by it should one of you seek to rely upon it. So what I mean by that is that if, you know, if you, the marriage ends up in divorce and Amy then says, actually, this house should be ring-fenced from any matrimonial assets, the court will be guided by that so long as the overarching outcome is fair and reasonable. So what I mean by that is that if you had, let's say the marriage ends in divorce in 10 years' time, and in 10 years' time, Time, the only asset is that property and therefore the court's main concern is is going to be like with all divorces both parties housing needs need to be met if it needs to draw upon that property in order to tick those boxes then it will do it will disregard the deed of trust and it will use that property for that purpose the other thing that I would say to you is when people do deeds of trust or cohabitation agreements, prenups or postnups, don't sign them and then just shove them in the drawer for the next 10, 20 years. You've always got to show that the intention was ongoing. So keep keep taking them out every four to five years or where there is a change in circumstance and revisit them, i.e. re-sign, redate them. Okay? So they they're not legally binding. The courts will be guided by them so long as the outcome will be fair and reasonable to both parties. Does that make okay, sense? I, yeah. Yeah, no, it does make sense. I, I do have a follow-up question, though. Yeah. Without sort of getting into specifics of it. Yeah. We managed to secure, say, 80% of the value of the property with, with the inheritance. Yes. And my partner took that 20% as a loan. Um I had my own property, which yes. I'm in the process of selling. Yes. But that loan and all the documentation for this property is completely underneath her name, and we did that for a variety of reasons around stamp duty and tax and yep. things like that. Um, however, my concern is is that I will then be responsible for 50% of the debt without technically having any way of recuperating any of that debt or paying for it in the sale of a house. Um, yeah, it ever get that far? it's yeah, be, yeah. So, so the debt will be seen as a matrimonial debt if the debt is used to, you know, house you both. So, if it's ploughed back into the property, then you're absolutely right. Yeah, you know, it it might be worth if you know if that's not in the deed of trust, putting that into the deed of trust. But ultimately, if at the time of divorce, um, it's not paid, it could it could be a matrimonial debt. Yes. Right. Okay. No, that's very helpful. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye bye. Um, so yeah, it's uh, someone just said there on TikTok. Is there any um, document that's legally binding? No. The only document that's legally binding is that made by the judge. 
So whatever the court makes, whatever you have a court seal on is legally binding, okay? Um, I know that in the States, the prenups are legally binding and the courts will rely upon them, but we haven't got there yet in the UK. And what I say to everybody, because we do a lot of prenups, we do a lot of postnups as well, we do a lot of deed of trusts, but what I will say to everybody is, so long as they're fair and reasonable, and you know, you, all you can do is, is explain the risks if, if, if the risks have been explained and then you think, well, OK, it's kind of a calculated risk. I'd rather have the deed. I'd rather have the prenup than not have it at all. It's better to do that. And I think if you go into a marriage knowing that, um, then obviously, you know, this is on the condition that you're going to get divorced. You know, let's not forget that. Um, if the marriage is a happy marriage, then you don't have to worry about it. Um, but, you know, if you go into the marriage with that knowledge, you, you're you better, you know, situated, I suppose. You've got more control. You've got more control over the situation, you know. And then, of course, if, if you are a couple that want to keep assets separate, that's fine. Just keep revisiting the contract. Keep revisiting the agreement that you've made together so that anything that comes into the marriage is then added on to that agreement and is kept separate, okay? Debbie, you are next on my list. What's your question? I've invited you up, Debbie. I'm just going to put my phone on charge. The screen will go a bit wobbly, TikTok. There we go. Because I'm flat. Yeah. Hey, Debbie, what's your question? Um, just a question. Um, I've been representing myself. Yeah. Just, um, please, sorry. Um, I've just had to pay my ex for the clean break. Yeah. Um, I was just wondering, do I get any paperwork... From because he had a solicitor and I didn't. Do sorry, let me just buy it. I mean, two seconds, please. Two seconds. Yeah, it's fine. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Go on. Hang on, This is important. Two seconds. Sorry. <laughs> it's um, okay. Do I? Um, so I've just had to pay him nineteen thousand pounds. Do I get anything from the court to actually say he's been paid? Um, no. Well, I, I, it depends what what your court order says. Sometimes the order will say, you know, within 56 days, you'll pay him the £19,000. Yeah. So that's your order saying you've got to do it. Your proof that yeah. you've done it will be your bank statement showing that, that transaction that's been made. Right. Is that all I need then? So I was just panicking if it yeah, needs yeah. to come, he comes back. No, no, so no. I had to pay him uh, yeah. 28 days. Yeah. paid him. Yeah. And I've got the proof of... Sends yeah. it to his solicitor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I got her to acknowledge she received it. Yeah, Is absolutely. Absolutely. I would take the bank statement, the email from the solicitor, and staple it to the back of your consent order and then shove it in the drawer. You're done. That's it. He cannot come back then and, and make any further financial claim towards you, okay? Ever again. That's sort of. Ever again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as long as that's a financial order we're talking about, yeah. then yeah, he can never come back again. Oh, that's brilliant. Thank you so, so much for your time. I You're really welcome. No problem. Bye-bye. All right, thank you. Bye. I'm going to say it again, because any opportunity I can to rant about financial orders, I will take it. And those of you that know me know I'm always banging on about this. Um, it's it's really important, guys. If you have your decree, sorry, your your divorce, and you you know you've got your decree absolute, or you're about to get your decree absolute, final order for those of you on the new system know that that's only going to 
sever, oh sorry, uh, bring your marriage to an end. It is not going to sever your financial ties. And what that means is that whilst you're divorced and you can go on and remarry, your ex can come back at any time, one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, at any time and make a financial claim against you. So if you go off and start another chapter in your life and, you know, do really well for yourself, that those assets will be at risk. And, and you know, if you remarry and your new spouse um, has assets, they will be at risk. You've got to get that financial order, all right, at, at any cost, I would uh, say. Billy, you are next up. Whenever you're ready, ask me your question. Hello. Hello. Um, it's just a quick one. Yeah. So um, I've been watching you for a good few months now. You have, yeah. I have been drumming it into my partner's head that you are to get a financial order in place with your divorce. Yeah, good. He's like, no, we've got no assets, we've got no assets. So I'm yeah. like, no, you're going to. Yeah. So when he applied for the divorce, I ticked the box. Um, I say I, I, I did his application for him. Well done. I ticked the box to say that he's going to put a financial um, application in. Yes. So um, she's pretty much, he has communicated with her about the divorce. Yeah. He's currently just still pending her response. But... Um, Obviously, the, the finance side of things does need to be discussed, but she's already made it clear to him that she doesn't need to discuss it because they have no assets to divide. Yeah. She's clearly stated that in an email, but he's going to obviously go and um, see a solicitor about drafting a clean break order. What if she doesn't acknowledge that? It's difficult, Billy. I think I said this to um, somebody previously. You're going to have to then make a court application, which is such a rigmarole when it's a clean break order, but it's the only way that you're going to get your clean break order. Because Mm. unlike a divorce, if they don't sign it, we can sort of serve them by process server, for example, the divorce petition. We can't do that with, with financial orders. They have to sign it. So it's it's a real pain, but yeah, the short answer to your question is a financial application. Right, okay, and he can't um, apply for the decree nisi, uh, the decree absolute, until he's got the financial order. He, well, he can apply for that. All it, all it means is that it has, it has an impact on the finances. So for example, where we're going to do a pension share, the decree absolute, once that's made, the pension entitlements stop at that point. So if we then go on to negotiate the finances, say, for a further year, we've missed out on a further year's pension entitlements. But if in his he, case he's got nothing... There's no assets. There's, yeah. He hasn't paid into a pension. He's self-employed. Okay. Um, he's mid-30s and he hasn't really thought about things like this. So okay. there's, there's no pensions, no houses. No, okay. The only thing he's got in his name really is a car that he needs for work. Yeah, well then in, in that case, getting his decree absolute isn't going to have any impact on the finances. So he can go ahead and get that. Um, but, you know... So he can apply for that before um, taking the finances to court? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You can do the finances okay. at any time. Any time you like. Just get them done, is what I'd say. Right, because I, th- I thought because where he ticked the box, it would stay. It would say that he couldn't apply for the decree absolute until the finances had been done. No, it lets the court know that a financial order is right. on its way. But if when you come to apply for your decree absolute, there's any objection from the court, not objection, but they query, well, hang on a minute, we haven't got a financial order in your case. You just write a letter mm-hmm. of explanation to say, look, it's a clean break that's coming. She's dragging her fee. I need to move on. Need to get my decree absolute for a variety of reasons and. Well, I'll just have to do the financial order after. They're not going to prevent you from having a decree absolute. Oh, perfect. Well, lovely. Thank you very much. For You're welcome. That. Cheers, Billy. Thanks. Cheers. Take care. Bye. Bye.
Um, few questions on TikTok. So how long is my wait list? Um, it's going up all the time. I think we're currently between six to eight weeks. Um, and yeah, I think it's getting to a stage actually where I'll probably just have to, to close the books for a little while um, because obviously I can't have my existing clients um, suffer. Um, and it's not fair to keep people waiting. You know, if people need legal help, they need legal help. And I think currently we're having to say to people it is between six to eight weeks before you can get an appointment with me. Not my existing clients. These are new clients that are coming on. Um, so apologies, guys, if for those of you that were looking for an appointment. Um, right. We are at seven o'clock. Um, that's us done. Hope you enjoyed that. That was our third hour of the week, answering as many family law questions as we can. Always great fun um, to have you guys on board asking me questions. I thoroughly enjoy it um, and it's an honour to help you guys out. So back here again on Monday. We've got no bank holidays, have we? No. It's been a bit up and down of late with bank holidays and bits and pieces going on. So yeah, I'll be back here next Monday, um, six o'clock for an other, an another hour. Um, thank you guys for joining me in the lounge. Take care, enjoy your weekend and speak to you again on Monday. Cheers guys, bye-bye.